So now, you know, the first two weeks we've talked about mission. And have gone, you know, really, really, really biblical and, you know, giving you a lot of scripture. i got some scripture here. I'm not saying I don't have scripture. But I want you to really get a picture, okay? I want you to really get this. This, this is the way I feel led to you to bring this message to you today. Is, yeah, I want you to get the picture of what this is. You know, just like Jesus did. Remember the first week we talked about the woman at the well? And, you know, Jesus met this woman. She came up to the well and he's going to talk to her. He said, uh, okay, I'll talk to you about living water. And he used that as a picture for her to get it. I want, I want you to get it. Please get it today, okay? And uh, here's the pictures that God has led me to for today. Is a lot of people look at church as a cruise, a cruise line. You know, anybody ever been on a cruise? I know, I know some just got back from a cruise back there. Should have asked uh, Greg and Diane for some pictures. You know, could have used them today, right? Yeah, some people look at church as a cruise, yeah, I've never been on a cruise, so I'm speaking as a layperson, right? You know, just the, the things that I've heard about cruises and whatever. Uh, but people look at church as a cruise. It's a big vacation, right? That's what a cruise is. They say, well, people don't look at church as a vacation, do they? You'd be surprised. I know lots of people. I could take you to some sitting here right now, and they would admit to you that this one hour on Sunday morning is a vacation. It is a spiritual break from all the garbage that they're dealing with all week long. That's what it is to them. It's a vacation. And I, and I don't mean that in a totally negative way. But it's got to be more than that. Okay? It's got to be more than that. But that's the way a lot of people, in a lot of churches, they look at that. I remember one of David and I's favorite sitcoms is Everybody Loves Raymond. And, and I remember there was one about how, you know, they were talking about church and everything. And, and, uh, and, and she says, Deborah says, that's one of the reasons I go, you know, is to get enough to thank God for you and the kids and then to get enough strength to deal with another week with you and the kids, you know. It's like, right? I mean, and that's what it is. It's a vacation. It's a vacation like no other vacation. I mean, the pampering they talk about you getting, I mean, you know, you can take advantage of all kinds of stuff, you know, that's there. I mean, they take care of every little thing. Man, there's a lot of Christians that that's what they think church is, a place to be pampered. Now, you may not know that, but uh, I've pastored for 20 years. And this doesn't happen at 29-11. Thank God. Don't you ever let this start happening, okay? But I have had this happen so many times. When people aren't pampered like they want to be in a church, they let the pastor know normally. Now, it ha doesn't happen here. So you get, you know, please don't do that. But, 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 but people, want, they tell you, I'm not getting what I want to. I'm not getting this. And pastor, we need to change this because it's not blessing me. What is the purpose of a cruise? You know what the purpose of a cruise is? The purpose of a cruise it's all about me, the people on the boat. It's not about anybody else. It's about the staff and the crew working themselves to death to pamper everybody else, right? The customers. I mean, that's what it's about. You know, here's, here's the big thing that I hear about cruises. All the food you can imagine you could ever eat, right? You know, I mean, that's what I hear people talk about, the buffets that are there. The man, it's, it's better than anything else you've ever... Now, I don't, I don't know why people think, you know, that I'm a big eater because that's the big thing everybody always talks to me about is they eat it. And, and I told somebody last week, I said, you know, it, it, and I think I offended them a little bit because they really like cruises. I said, the way, the way you talk about it, it makes it sound like a big Ryan's restaurant on the ocean or something, you know, you just eat and eat and eat and, and, and they were offended. I said, no, I'm not talking. I, I'm sure it's probably better quality and I hope nobody here works at Ryan's, but better quality. I'm not talking about that, but it's just the fact of eating. You know, I got plenty of places here to eat. I don't need to go on a cruise to to eat, you know. And I read an article uh, some time ago. Don't remember the guy's name. Don't remember who it was. Can't remember who wrote this. But he said a lot of churches are like luxury cruises to third world countries. Imagine a luxury cruise to a third world country, and you know you eat and eat and eat all this stuff. 
And then you, you get out and you go on this little island or into this third world country. And there you see the little kids that are hungry. Somebody that hadn't had a meal for forever. I mean, what would you want to do? You'd run back on that ship, go to that buffet and get two armfuls and just go out and pass it out. But that's not what we do, is it? Too many churches are spiritual smorgasbords on the inside with spiritual poverty all around them, and they do nothing about it. That's not church. That is not what church is supposed to be. And then, I, I, you know, whenever I think about a, a cruise, I always, I always picture in my mind the deck chairs, you know? Boom, 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 you know, just all the way down the deck, you know, just constantly. Yeah, I got to have all these deck chairs, right? Because after all that food, people got to have a place to take a nap, right? You got to have a bunch of deck chairs there, so, you know, someplace for people to just get comfortable. And uh, how are the seats y'all are sitting in right now, huh? Yeah, better than uh, the old pews that churches used to have, right? You know, that I grew up on and some of y'all grew up on, you know. Better than those, you know, like uh, you'd lay, lay down underneath them when you were a kid and take a nap, you know, while the preacher was preaching his hour. See, y'all just think I preach long sometimes. But he's preaching, you know, and you bang your head when you wake up because it's a wooden pew or whatever, right? A lot better. Can I tell you, you know, churches have split over seating in the sanctuary. Arguments have taken place over seating in the sanctuary. This isn't comfortable. I think we ought to do this. Or, think, or the color of it. I mean, you know, isn't it crazy? The stuff that we argue over, that doesn't matter. I mean, you know, it's not like your bed at home that you're going to spend, you know, a third of your life in, you know. It's one hour a week, and, you know, and we, and we, I mean, churches have actually split over that kind of thing. Thank God, you know, we've not had any arguments over that kind of thing. I remember the last time I was in a church that almost had an argument over the color of the carpet because we were getting new carpet, and all of a sudden we started getting all these colors thrown out. And I said, as pastor, I hereby declare we're going back with the exact same color we've got. Now, it didn't make anybody happy except for me because the argument quit, you know. <laughs> you know but uh, otherwise, and there are people, churches that actually split over stuff like chairs, seating, carpeting, and those kinds of things. And amenities that are there, like the amenities that are there, like, massages. And immediately a scripture came to my mind. God took me to first, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4. For the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear. And that's the way a lot of Christians approach church. They're looking for someone to tell them what they want to hear. Somebody just massages their feelings on Sunday. You're not that bad. Don't, don't, don't worry. Your sin isn't that bad. You know, just, you'll be okay. God understands and all of that. It just make you feel better. Jesus Christ did not die to make us feel better about who we are now. He died so that we could become who he wants us to be. Not to massage you. Not to make you feel, but to become who you want to be. We just sang that song just a few moments ago. It said, his love, your love keeps uh, chasing me. It always will, always will. And your grace keeps changing me? Grace is not just to forgive you of your past. It's to work on you and give you a better future. It's to work on you and change who you are from this point on. And every day his grace is, is, is changing you and working on you. That, that's, that's what it's about. And, and then I, I hear that there's great stage shows uh, uh, there. And this is supposed to be Taylor Swift. And I keep looking under the hair to see if that's really her or not. You know? But that's what the picture said, uh, just one we found online. You know, but the Taylor Swift, so great stage shows. You know, man, Pastor, you would love some of that stuff. And yeah, probably some of the oldest things I'd really get into and all of that. I, I'd kind of like that. Uh, you know, can I say this at least a dozen more times over the next few months? Is it 2911? We don't have guitar solos. 
Now, we've had a couple of places, a couple of breaks in the songs already in, in, in this service here where there were no words on the screen. You understand what that was? If you hadn't heard me say this, let me say it again this morning. That's not a guitar solo. That's your solo. That's when the words disappear and you write the song. You write the next verse. You sing out of your heart how you feel about God. In the last song we're going to do today, when we, when we close this service, the last song, there's a solo in it. It's not the guitar. It's not the keyboard. It's not, it's, no, it's your solo. Make sure you sing a solo. Can I tell you something? If you're looking for a cruise line, you came to the wrong dock. Because first of all, a cruise ship does not describe Jesus. If you think his life was a cruise, you need to go back and read those four Gospels again. He had a cruise life when he was up in heaven with God, and he had those angels and those beasts that were crying out to him, holy, 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 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That's where it's cruise. But when the earth, this is not a cruise. It's not a cruise. And this, this what I've been describing to you, church, the type church that I've been describing to you, the first part of this message today, does not describe a church that loves, and that gives, and that hurts, and that cares, and that goes, and that is about somebody else. You know, this doesn't describe Church 2911. I'm, okay, I'm bragging today. That's what I'm saying. I'm bragging today. That does not describe Church 2911. That does not describe this past Thursday night. What we did Thursday night is not described in this. You know, if you're looking for a cruise ship church, you arrived at the wrong dock this morning. You know, you might want to go, because that's not who we are. We are not a church that is looking to be pampered, looking to be blessed, that it's all about me. No. Man, this is a church that does love and give and care. And this past uh, Thursday night, we had several of, several of you guys telling us that you, you know there were kids that would not have had dinner that night had we not put a free hot dog in their mom and dad's hands for them. Kids, and, and you know what? And they didn't just get a hot dog. They got a hot dog and chips and drink and, and hot chocolate and popcorn and, and all the candy they could get, however many times some of them went through. And I know they were going through over and over and over. You know, and and, and it, it wasn't just here and here, just a little bit. It was a blessing. That's not the, that, that church that I saw Thursday night is not that. So if you're looking for a cruise, go find, you know, go find that place that is the cruise because that's not who we are. The church, you know, when I was a kid, we used to sing a song, you know, I'm going to take a trip. Some of y'all are as old as me, aren't you? <laughs> On a good old gospel ship. That's not the good old gospel ship. Song, the, the, the church, the ship, we were talking about in that song and I, and I think if we were to relate the church to a ship, the type of ship that the Scripture would be describing is an aircraft carrier. Now, see, I want you to get some pictures here this morning. Okay, you've already seen some. I want you to get some more pictures in this. I want you to see what the church really is supposed to be. I, I want you to get it as vivid as that woman sitting, standing at the well when Jesus said, let me talk to you about water. Let me talk to you about aircraft carriers for just a few moments now. I want you to get this. I want this to be ingrained in you. I want you to leave here knowing that's the kind of church that you're a part of. You know, the purpose of a, a, of a cruise ship is to pamper and do everything for everybody. That is not the purpose. The purpose of an aircraft carrier is defense and sometimes war. When it calls for it, war. 
That's who we are as a, as a church. We defend, and sometimes we have to go to war. Now remember, our enemy is not flesh and blood. Our enemy is a spiritual, our war is a spiritual war. But sometimes it's defense, and sometimes it's war. And, 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 the, and the purpose, like with a cruise ship, the purpose is what goes on right there in that boat. You know, pampering and, you know, feeding and taking care of the whims of, of every customer and every person that paid their money and whatever, taking care of that. But that is not the purpose of an aircraft carrier. The purpose of an aircraft carrier is what happens when the plane launches from the boat. The purpose. I mean, if you were to, if you were to grade a, a, a cruise, it would be based on how it made you feel or how much fun you had. It would be something about you, right? It would be about stuff that happened. On the, but, but if you were to grade an aircraft carrier, it wouldn't be about what happens on the boat. It would be about what happens when the plane leaves the boat. Now, the stuff that goes on on the boat is important. It's kind of like on a Sunday morning. It's like the prep for the mission. It's important. Sunday mornings are important. But that's not how we grade a church. That's the way a lot of churches grade their church. How many people do we have today? It's not, not really important other than the fact that if somebody's missing, we need to know that. But the number of people is not important. That's, it's not important in that way. It's not important, you know, how much you like the song. That's why we don't do the songs we like. We don't do the ones we don't like. It's just we do the ones that, you know, we feel like God has led us to, the ones that are right for this moment. Not like, about right. It's not about... It's not about, these, these aren't the important things, but these are the things that we must do today. We do this to encourage one another, build each other up, to, to fill ourselves. But it, it, on a ship where, you know, yeah, there's a, you know, there's a mess hall, there's a place for, for, for guys to get filled, you know, the, the pilots and the crew to all get filled and, and get nourished. There's a place for them to rest, a place for them to sleep. You know, there's a place for everything. And then, then the crew is out there working, they're, they're uh, Cleaning the, you know, cleaning all the equipment, cleaning the planes. They're arming the planes and getting everything ready. I mean, there's a lot of computer stuff, you know, going on and, and, and technology there that people have to run. All those things are important. But they could grade at the very top of all of those things. And, and if, the, if the plane leaving the boat, if the plane doesn't accomplish its mission, it doesn't matter how full the pilot's belly is if he forgets where he's going. It doesn't matter how, cl how clean his plane is if he doesn't accomplish his mission. The purpose is what happens, and, 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 and the importance is what happens when the plane leaves the boat. So how did we get to this place? How did we get to this place of so many cruise ship churches? See, because I've pastored a lot of cruise ship churches, and here let me confess to you today, I have probably created some cruise ship churches. You know, that's something I've heard people say about me in the past is, is Pastor, you know how to really make people have a good time in church services. You, you, you create a pretty good church service. And you know, that, those are important, but if you're not careful, what you get to is, oh, Sister So-and-So, she's upset because little Johnny, he got mistreated in kids' church, and we got to go do so-and-so-and-so and fix that up. Oh, and Brother So-and-so, he hadn't got to sing a special in a long time, and so we got, oh, no, I got a problem over here. This group, had, they didn't get to use the church the other day, and, and this one had his feelings hurt about this, and, and, you, and, and you run around pampering, massaging, creating cruise ship mentality. And you're still doing all the things on Sunday morning just like the crew is doing on the flight deck and getting everything ready. But you know what changes? It's planes 
stop leaving the flight deck. That's, what, that's how churches become cruise ship churches. They stop leaving the flight deck to fly their missions. And so this morning, I'm, I, I'm, I want to kick you off the flight deck. I want to get you out of here. You know, this is important. But what's important is not how well we do it right here, right now. What's important is how well we do it when we leave the flight deck today. Let's make sure we leave the flight deck. Now, you got to understand who you are, though. Because a lot of times we think, well, we're the crew. We're, we're kind of getting everything ready, so everything. You're not the crew, okay? You know who the crew is? The crew is right here in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 16. Christ himself gave the, the crew. Here's the crew that gets everything ready. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach faith, uh, all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And he goes on and says, so that we're no longer children tossed to and fro by any doctrine that comes to mind or somebody tells us, but we can grow up into full maturity as one body. Who is the crew? The crew are those apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. That's the crew. Now, that doesn't mean that the apostles, pastors, evangelists, and teachers, and, and prophets, that, uh, that they, are, they are the only ones doing this because some of you help out with the crew. And that doesn't mean that the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers don't have a mission to fly and leave the flight deck. I leave the flight deck on Sunday afternoon, 1230, 12 40. Some of you hang around. It's one o'clock or a little bit after before I get away. I leave the flight deck. But I got a mission. I run into people out there. I see needs out there. I've got a mission too. Yeah, so I'm, I'm part of, here's what I'm saying to you. I'm not saying that it, it's, you know, we're not, let me say maybe this one. We're not union around here, okay? We, we, you just do what you got to do, all right? You know, nobody's going to lose their job if you start doing something because it needs to be done. But you need to quit seeing yourself as crew because that's the way a lot of Christians are. They see themselves as crew volunteers to just be used and used and used and used up until we throw you away and find somebody else that'll do your job. Well, I've been to that church too, have you? Don't raise your hand. I, I probably shouldn't ask you that question, but I've been there where they just saw you as crew. You are not just crew. You know who you are? You are the fighter and bomber pilots that leave the flight deck to go on a mission into war. Because there's spiritual battle happening out there. That's what you're to do. And I know here, here, here's, here's the question in some of your minds, but I don't know how to do spiritual warfare and spiritual battle out there. I'm glad you came this morning because I want to tell you. Now, first of all, when you, see, when you see problems out there in the world and, and you see something that is wrong, something that doesn't line up with the will of Christ, something that is uh, an opposition, a wall, a stronghold, keeping God's will from happening. You don't have permission to go blow it up, okay? <laughs> because of the weapons of our warfare, we find out in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4, are not the weapons of the world, okay? We don't take matters into our hands. We take matters into prayer because that's where our power is. Look right here. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments. You see that? We he didn't, he didn't even qualify it to say God through us, even though that's what it means, obviously, his power. But he says, we do it. We demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments we, uh, and, and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ, meaning that God's not going to do it without us. He does it through us. We demolish strongholds. We, we demolish pretensions. 
And arguments, you ever hear arguments or pretensions? Come on, some of you, you get so irritated with somebody on Facebook, right? Because that's not scripture. You know, you are gifted, empowered, and anointed to demolish pretensions and arguments that are not according to the will of God. And then to take captive every thought under the will of Jesus Christ. But how do you do that, Pastor? I don't know. Here's how you do it. You want an ex- I'll t- give you an example from this week. This Thursday afternoon, just like, uh, let me count up how many hours. Three hours before our event was scheduled to begin. Not before our event began because people showed up and I think we actually began about 45 minutes before we were supposed to begin. By, by the time our event was supposed to begin, we were already sending people out to uh, get more candy and stuff. But three hours before it was supposed to begin, we had two, two spiritual attacks against, not just the event, but against our church. We had two spiritual attacks that threatened whether this event would even be pulled off or not. And just a few people were aware of it. You know, we, we had too many crew members, you know, working, getting ready for the event. A few people were aware of it, and we went to prayer. I know, I know, I know one that, that went and found them a place just to get away and pray. And I began praying. You know what I began praying? That scripture right there. We, we had two attacks happening simultaneously against us. And, and, and I know Kristen, my daughter, she, she talked about it later. She said, I went and I just asked God, God, what are you doing here? You're allowing this, God. Are you going to shut down this event, Lord, that we're ready to do? What are you doing here, God? And, so, and she began praying. I began praying, and I prayed this. And I didn't say, God, I hope you will. I said, I took authority here because that's, that's what I've been given. My power is not in my hands, but my power is in his will and his power and his word. And I began praying, I demolish strongholds right now. I demolish every pretension and every argument that is coming against our church. And I bring every thought, my thoughts and the thoughts of anybody who has a thought against this church or this event right now, I bring that every thought under subjection to the sovereign will of Jesus Christ according to your word. And what happened, Pastor? Oh, you hadn't heard? 1,500 people showed up. <laughs> Amen. Go ahead. Come on. <laughs> Little kids that would have not had anything to eat that night had a free hot dog and had candy to go with it and had the time of their life that they probably hadn't had in months and may not have for a long time because they had no ability. Their parents had no ability to give them something as fun as we together were able to give a whole community because a few people, didn't take many, but a few people went on mission to fight a fight. But you're also the reconnaissance. You see, see a lot of us, we say, well, okay, now I've got a scripture, so next time, next time there's, a, there's, a, there's a battle, I'll, I'll, I'll know what to do. No, no, no. Sometimes you've got to go on reconnaissance too. You know what reconnaissance is? That's when you don't sit back and wait on the enemy. You go find him. You go look for him say, okay, now what's, what's he up to? You don't wait because you know that he's coming against you. You know that he's planning something. So don't sit and wait on him. Don't sit back and wait on him to mess something up. Don't sit back and wait on him to destroy something. Go find him. See what he is doing. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 says, Stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He is looking to devour your family. He's looking to devour all your stuff. He's looking to devour the communities that God has put us in and connected us with. 
He was looking to devour this event Thursday night because he knew we were going to feed little kids that weren't going to get anything to eat that night. We were going to give an awesome blessing. He wanted to devour that. So get on point. Listen, you, you know how it is. You go to Walmart and some overstressed mom or dad's got a kid asking for something for the hundredth time that they've told them, no, 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 no. And finally they go just a little over the line. Maybe they spank them or maybe they just do it with their voice, but they go a little over the line. And you just want to take that mom or dad outside and explain some things to them, right? Come on here now. You want to do that, right? And you say, I wish I could have done this. You can do something. Take that same scripture I gave you just a few moments ago and say, God, in that little kid's life right now. You don't have to be a jerk about it. You can do it without them knowing. But in that kid's life right now, I demolish this stronghold. I demolish the pretensions and I demolish the arguments that that person is making in their life, in their mind right now, that this is right to get onto their kids like that. And God, I bring every thought under subjection to your sovereign will and send the spirit and power of God into that little kid's life. You don't think that'll make, that will make a difference because this is not about flesh and blood and hands. This is a spiritual battle and a spiritual warfare. Ask God to send some peace into that mom, that overstressed mom's life or dad's life. Ask God to send some joy for a moment. Let them see something. You have that power. Every time I pass by a school, I picked this up when I was in first priority. When I was a state director first priority, we pray over every school. I still pray over every school. And one of the things I pray is, God, there are kids in there. I don't have to see what's going on in there. I'm already alert watching. I know what Satan is doing in that school. And I say, God, there are kids in there that are making decisions today, God, that will destroy their life. But you've got some children in there. You've got some sons and daughters that are teachers or staff. God, I pray, connect them with that kid today so that before they make the wrong decision, God, that they can share a little bit of the love. You have that power. So start being alert. Start start. Uh, flying your reconnaissance missions and looking for the enemy and praying those prayers. And there's one, one more flight you got to take. Listen, so, it's not that some of you are fighter pilots and some of you are reconnaissance and some of you, we're all the same. We all have to fly all of these three missions fi as fighter pilots, bomber pilots, as, as reconnaissance pilots, and as rescue pilots. We have to because that is the mission that God has given to us. He calls it reconciliation, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Everything is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ Jesus and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. He gave us the ministry, the mission, if you will, of reconciling people back to him. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed the message, the ministry of reconciliation back to us. We have too often been hard in saying, wait a minute, that sin, you got to quit that, you got to quit that, you got to quit that. And we have too often been pointing fingers and talking about the sin. And what does the scripture right there say? God wants to bring them back, not by pointing a finger, but by not counting their sin against them. That's what grace is. Jesus Christ didn't die, so now every time they sin, they're also sinning against his blood and not just the Old Testament covenant. He died so that grace could overlook their sin, could wash away their sin. Their trespasses could no longer be counted against them. You know somebody that needs rescuing, that needs to be reconciled to Jesus. Go. Fly the mission this week. Let God set it up and bring them into reconciliation. Stand with me, if you will. If you will, come join me around front. We, if you're a first-time attender, we like to close around front with a final prayer, final song. I promise we don't do anything weird down here. We just like to just close with a prayer together and a final song. We, we'd love to have you come join us, if you will. Just a final song and a final, final thought that I've got for you, Arsene.
whenever I'm preaching a series, it's like you get to that last, last sermon, man, I want to I preach just a little bit longer because I won't be able to get back to this next week because we're going to be somewhere else, another series, another area. Or, or I won't be able to get back to this for a long time. I want you to get something. I want you to see this. You have a mission. It's time you launch. Stop, you know, too many Christians, it's like they leave their, their plane on the flight deck right here. They walk out the door, leave their plane right here, and they show back up on next Sunday, just kind of polish their plane, you know, to kind of keep it ready. Don't leave your plane today. Leave the flight deck. It's time for you to launch your mission. I want you to get this. If you hadn't got this yet, I want you to see it in these two pictures. That this is not church. This is. Launch your mission. Launch today. Leave the flight deck. Go fight a spiritual battle, warfare that needs to be fought. Go keep your eyes open and find some young soul that the enemy wants to destroy this week. Fight for them. And go rescue somebody.